Hey guys, welcome to the Loud Noises Podcast, episode 5. It's been a little while since I've posted. I've been very busy. I've uh, had a lot of um, interesting life changes happening. and uh, But I also have had the opportunity to uh, meet with some great people, especially the guest on this podcast, my buddy Brandon Habermeyer. Brandon is a uh, film lover, like me. He's a philosopher. And uh, we recently got together for lunch and uh, decided to have a bit of a debate about uh, the artist uh, versus the art versus the person. Um, and I thought it was pretty interesting. So I, I wanted to record it. The, the audio quality isn't going to be great because we're sitting in the, the middle of a restaurant and it was a, in a bit of an impromptu thing. But I hope, uh, I hope it'll provide some entertainment for at least some of you. Um, Love to give one little shout out to the podcast sponsor, SanitaAthletics.com. Sanita Athletics is the single best place on the entire internets to find athletic apparel that's cheap, comfortable, uh, and fits right, and is practical. It looks amazing. And the, the story behind Sanita is these two sisters, they... Uh, they both track stars in college and they were fed up with paying either, you know, hundreds of dollars for something that, that fit right and was comfortable or, uh, you know, something that was way too cheap and didn't, they didn't like. So they, they made their own athletic apparel. Go to SenitaAthletics.com. That's S-E-N-I-T-A athletics.com and use the promo code loud L O W D and get 10% off of your order. That's SenitaAthletics.com promo code loud L O W D. And now, here's my talk with Brandon Habermeyer. Hey everybody, welcome to the Loud Noises Podcast. We are casting live from Cafe Zupa's in Draper, Utah. Uh, this is a special podcast. We're here with my good buddy and film nerd friend and philosopher, Brandon Habermeyer. Hey guys. We are finishing up our, uh, our salads, and we... Haven't we haven't seen each other for a few months? We recently got into a debate on uh, on Twitter. He had posted an article. I had responded to it, and uh, before we got too in depth on Twitter, I said, you know, we need to just settle this uh, on on a pod on the podcast. So, Brandon, why don't you go ahead? Well, first of all, Brandon. Um, is is one of the smartest people I know. He's a deep thinker. He's uh, he's my best buddy, and uh, we we met. How did we meet? We met in creative writing at the Brigham Young University in 2007. 2007. Mm-hmm. And we both happened to be taking film, and this was like one of the this was one of the general elective classes, and we both happened to take this class, and we. And we uh, kind of hit it off. Both tried to get into the film program at yeah, the same time. We both right. got rejected the first round through, and then That's we right. applied again because they were testing our resilience. And then we finally got in the second time. So, so you uh, went on to double major in film studies and philosophy. That's right. Uh, currently working in Utah for a media company in Utah. I'm, I'm of course in Portland doing video production, but. Uh, how did you, just before we start this conversation, what, what is your, you grew up in Southern California, uh, tell me where, where your beginnings, where, where was your film genesis, how did that begin for you? 
I think it was when I was 10 years old and my dad put a camera in my hands and he says, just go out and... Actually, he didn't tell me anything. He just put the camera in my hands and I started going out and started making movies. Just little small things here and there and I've always had a, a deep-seated love for film in general. So that led from one thing to the next. My parents tried to get me involved in uh, various um, youth-centered kind of film programs and um, been watching and critiquing film my, my entire life. I'm definitely more into the the, the the critic side of film than I am more, say, say the, the, the production aspect. But I um, went to El Camino College, got my um, associate's degree in film critical studies, moved on there to LA Film School, went through that program for a year. That was more kind of hands-on production, less theory-laden. Um, and there, went up, went up to BYU in 2006, and that's when you and I got into the film program two years later in 2008. Right. Just been doing film, everything film-related since. <laughs> so currently now, I'm working for the church, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, in the um, publishing services department as a digital media producer. So basically, I help upload all of the um, the content for various um, partners such as Family Search, Church History, all of their content to various web platforms, and we help get it distributed and marketed on uh, various social platforms. Gotcha. So it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Um, I want to go back to this this uh, article that you posted on Twitter, uh, and it started this conversation that we had that was basically. The art versus the artist versus, I guess you could even separate it again, versus the person creating and becoming the artist. Um, well, f why don't you go ahead and summarize sort of what the article was saying and kind of what your viewpoint on the matter is, and then we can kind of get into it. So really, what it boils down to is artists are men and women. And sometimes these men and women are engaged in um, less than appropriate behavior, criminal activity. And what the article kind of raises is, should we promote, should we endorse, should we celebrate <clears throat> um, their art if, if the justice system fails and they're continuing to make art? Roman Polanski, for example, um, shortly after his wife was murdered, this was Sharon Tate back in the in the in the seventies by the Manson family. Actually it was in the sixties. Um, he was engaged in a, in a, in, a, in a situation with a, with a minor, sexual activity, it was classified as statutory rape. And uh, <clears throat> he fled and took asylum in, in Poland where he's been ever since. He's not allowed to step foot on American soil. And so the question is, you know, he, he's still making film, and, and those films are being distributed to the states, and there are some people who boycott his films because of his tinctured personality, the, the activities that he's involved in his personal life. And for me, it's never really made a lot of sense to kind of coalesce or combine both the artist and his personal life to say that, that they're the same. I, I personally think that they need to be separate and distinct because they don't have bearing on each other. Um, See, here's where, here's where I'm not sure I agree. 
And the article went on to discuss Woody, you know, Woody Allen and, and Mel, Mel Gibson, Gibson. Mm-hmm. as these, you know, very controversial and uh, these these controversial figures that have created art that are that is enjoyed by more people than would probably enjoy the, that person. <clears throat> My issue is there has to be a line, right? At some point, like with Roman Polanski, uh, he he was a, a, a child rapist, right? He, he, had, he was accused of statutory rape. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet we, he was given a standing applause at the Academy Awards for the pianist. So it's, it's hard to know if, if they're applauding, but it wasn't the, necessarily the film they were applauding. They were applauding him for winning Best Director. Um, and you said that you probably would have given a standing ovation too. Right. It's a brilliant film, right. Uh, and then the whole argument was: Does the film necess- does it justify the artist, or does it justify the means? Right. Does the art justify the means? And, and so, just just real quick, <coughs> the people who were standing up applauding him clearly are not applauding him because of this checkered past. Well, obviously, they're not applauding him or even saying, "Yeah, we condone what you've done." So, There's- so, 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 the fact that they're applauding. Him, it's not that they're, they're applauding the man per se at all, as they are applauding the artist. And so I think that you can connect the artist with the art. You're saying you're you're basically you're celebrating his skills, his talents, something that 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 when you saw his film moved you to have a particular experience, transcendent or otherwise, <clears throat> which I think is is separate from what this guy does in his personal life. So should we continue to endorse and watch his films as a result? I I think we should, just because I think all of us are imperfect. Granted, some of us make heavier mistakes than others. Let the courts rule out their decisions on what they think actually happened. And no doubt he's, he, he, he is guilty of this incident of statutory rape. I don't think it should cause us to, to, to boycott or not go his scenes because of it, though. <clears throat> and I agree with you to a certain extent, and we talked about this, but I, I agree with you to a certain extent, but I also disagree because you want to separate the artist from the person when, to me, they are one and the same. Mm. I don't think you can separate the artist from the person. And what my problem is, at what, where do we draw the line? Do we celebrate, let's take the worst example we can think of, let's take Hitler. Hitler, let's say, let's say Hitler created the Mona Lisa or some other fantastic work of art, painted the Sistine Chapel, and then... What's this called, Gödel's theory? The no, no, not Gödel's theory. I forget the uh, the name of the principle where where you basically compare a person to Hitler within the first five minutes of a conversation, which I think Hitler's kind of an extreme case. Well, and Hitler, I'm not saying Hitler. I'm using Hitler as as a hyperbole. You know. Right, 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 right. But does his art overcome his shortcomings as a human being? I think I I, I think that. Um, Instances like this, like people need to go to court, and people and, and people need to repent. People need to atone for the mistakes that they made. Some more egregious than others. But if the justice system fails, like it did for Polanski, or and 
you know, the hats, uh, the cat's not out of the bag on, on Woody Allen or, or definitely Mel Gibson. We know that he's made some pretty um, off-colored comments. Things should be repaired, but at the same time, if the justice system fails, um, I don't think that that should cause us to not go out and watch their films. It's not like we're watching their films to support them to continue their bad habits. But, but don't it, we? It, it's, don't we? In sort of a weird way, it is. But it's it's incidental. It's kind of like I don't know if this is going to be. You're saying it's incidental because we're not going up to him and handing him our twenty dollars. We're handing a movie theater, a company. A group of actors, writers. We're right. handing. So here's my question then: Is it different for a painter than it is a filmmaker? Are you saying that for a filmmaker it's different because it's a collaborative art versus a, a, a solitary art like sculpting or painting or any of the plastic arts? Is that different? Is that why you feel like it's different, or do you feel like it's different because the artist and the art is separate from the person? It's an interesting question. It's like I'm paying the money. Not even to the artist per se. Even though the artist might get a little bit of that collateral, I'm paying more for the experience. If incidentally that money goes to the artist, for me, and this, and, and this might be a bad analogy, but it's like taking a shower. Like, I go to take a shower to get clean, but by extension, I also happen to get warm, too. I'm not going into the shower to get warm, though. I'm going to get clean. Okay. So, like, I'm going... So, again, that might be a faulty analogy, but at the same time, I'm going to the theater to have an experience on screen to hopefully be moved, hopefully gain some type of revelation, some type of insight into how I can, you know, change my own life or, or something that... I need to tap into in a very kind of cathartic way. I'm not going to say, okay, I'm paying this money because I want to help this person, uh, this this director, this writer who has this checkered past, um, continue to engage in this kind of but, depra- depraved lifestyle. But that, but that, 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 that that's a, that's one of the costs, right? So you're saying that's just a, that's it's a cost of art. It's a cost. So here's here's my issue. I, I partially agree with again. I, I partially agree with you, but I think there is there needs to be a line, and it's not. I don't. I don't think it's black and white. It's very gray. Yeah. But how do we know that if there is a, a fantastic director or fantastic writer, filmmaker that has a long history of domestic abuse and domestic assault? How do we know that that assault and that abuse doesn't play into that person's creativity and their worldview and we see a movie and we're moved with by and it's totally indirect like you're saying but are we not in a way saying oh the art justifies the means, means yeah are we saying oh it was such a beautiful movie you know what subconsciously maybe it was worth it that that man beat his wife see and I'm saying I don't know if I agree with that no. I'm saying I don't care if it's a masterpiece if the person that's creating the masterpiece has gone through and done evil things to create that. Because you can't tell me that that the person and the artist are completely separate. That nobody is completely schizophrenic like that. I don't know. No, I, no, I, I don't believe that there are two different personalities of the artist and the, and the, and the person because everything that we do influences how we create. So I think this is raising the intentional fallacy, which is the idea that regardless of, of whether or not um, an artist intends to convey a particular message to, to a viewer and that message is informed by their personal life, it's irregardless to the viewer themselves because the viewer is going to, to extrapolate 
whatever meaning they can from the film, irrespective of what the artist's intentions were. So when I go to see, say, The Pianist, I'm not really thinking about Roman Polanski. If I'm, or if I'm going to go see um, Bloodfather, I'm not really thinking about um, Mel Gibson's off-color comments about Jews and the anti-Semitic things that he had to say. I'm really going to have this it's a, this experience on screen. It's, it's really it's between me and the art. I get where you're coming from. It's it's an unfortunate cost, and I think where you're coming at is that should we allow artists to continue making art if this is what the cost is? This is where I think that we have to bring the, the criminal justice system into play, have them go through due process of law. If the courts decide, though, that this person is still okay to make art, I don't think that should prevent us from not going to partake of it, because... So, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. But, like you were saying earlier, the justice system can fail, and everyone is entitled to a personal opinion. And, you know, obviously, if, if Mel, Gibson, Mel Gibson says something offensive, anybody that's offended by it has the freedom to not partake in their art. Right. And I think... I really think that the argument is... The art stands alone, separate from the person. Right. 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 And right. that, you know, if, if if something is painted in blood, and it's beautiful, we don't look at it and, and think, oh, that is a beautiful blood painting. Right. We don't think about the person that had to bleed for an hour to allow that painting to be created. We think, oh, that's a beautiful painting. And, this, and obviously that's, you know. And this is interesting because I think, say, for example, understanding more about, and this is an example, Woody Allen, knowing more about his personal life might make the experience of watching his films more interesting. I might be more informed by mo knowing a little bit more about the author, but I don't think that it's a necessary or even sufficient condition for me to appreciate the experience of watching a Woody Allen film. I can, I, I can appreciate them regardless of whether knowing who Woody Allen is a person. It's just that if, if I know about him as a person, it kind of informs my experience of watching his art better while, you know, during the actual experience. But it's tough because the moment that we start allowing the man or the woman to get into the art, we're thinking about them as a personal, like, like we're basically combining both the art and the artist, the art and the man. That's where I think it gets a little bit trickier. So then here's my question. I, I, get, I totally get it. I mostly agree with you, you know, but I also think that there is a line. Yeah. I think if somebody kills people and from that bloodlust creates a piece of art or creates a piece of literature, I don't think that that's appropriate because I feel like the ends of you know this art, no matter how life-changing it may be, I don't feel like that justifies the means of the artist. So here's a question. Did you see The Pianist? I did see The Pianist. And, and, and what was your experience with that film? It's very moving. So it's anybody, very moving. Anybody that sees it would say it's very moving. So you had this moving experience. How do you feel about this, this, this situation at the Academy Awards in 2002? People standing I, up. Are you mixed? Are you feeling uncomfortable? I Are think if they stand up for Adrian Brody winning Best Actor, I'm fine with that. If they stand up for, uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but if they stand up for the screenplay, that's, I'm fine with that. I'm, if they stand up for the cinematography, I'm fine with that. If they stand up for Best Director, mm. for a man that couldn't be there legally because he committed a very serious crime, and they're standing up and applauding him. 
I don't think that's okay. So, so one of the things that I said on, on Twitter about this is that this is, this is kind of one of the ironies that we're dealing with, and that is, is that <clears throat> without the artist, there is no art. So in Polanski's art, in my opinion, his culpability, his reprehensibility disappears into his art. We can blame him after. And that, but that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying about the Academy Awards. We don't, we don't have to not applaud the film. I don't have to sit there during the whole movie and think, this guy's a rapist. But it's Polanski himself. I'm saying himself winning an award months after I've seen the, the film, right, really has nothing to do with the experience of the film. But if it wasn't for Polanski, you wouldn't have had that experience. So in, in a way, we're kind of indebted to Right, but here's the other problem. Without Polanski, that girl or those girls wouldn't have gone through that experience. That's true. And so that that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that's the, that's the cost. That's, that, that, that's that, the cost. That, and that's, that's the, that's the and I, and I've, I personally believe, I just think, I think there's a line. Yeah. I think... I think it's I think it's a gray area, but there is a point where, it, for me, it becomes yeah. black and white. Yeah. And so, will you see Woody Allen's new film? But you're not a Woody Allen. I don't like Woody <laughs> Allen. So I, I won't see it anyway. I will. But I love Woody Allen. <laughs> I am a fan of Mel Gibson as a director. Yeah. Every as, film that he's directed, I have liked a lot. Yeah. As a person, he might be a little more as a person more I don't, questionable. I don't have to hang out with him. You're right. And then this is kind of where you're going. I don't have to hang out with him. Right. I don't have to like him as a person. But I can really enjoy some of the things he creates. Right. 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 Which is my argument. And that's your argument. And I. And that's why. I'm, that's why I agree with you mostly. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just think that not always does the end, does the art, justify the means or the creation. Yeah. And so my what I was going to say leading into this is we talked about writers, directors. What about an actor? What about somebody who is the art? You know what I'm saying? Because you, you're saying the art stands separate from the artist. But in the case of an actor, how can you separate the two? Well, one of the things I'm, I'm thinking about right now, which would make this whole scenario even more interesting, even throwing the, the monkey's wrench into the scenario, so to speak, is if what, if what if this happened to my own kid? What if Roman Polanski raped my daughter? Or like, all of a sudden it becomes personal. We're going to have to have another follow-up pod podcast to see how I would feel about that, because right now I'm distant. I'm removed from his personal life, what he actually did. Wait, all, if you're, all if I'm you're doing not, is connecting. If you're not offended by things that Woody Allen said or that Mel Gibson said, I'm you're privileged. disconnected. You're, you're, well, you're privileged, you're disconnected from it, so you're free to judge one way or the other. Right. right. If a man abused your wife right. and then created a masterpiece... How would you feel about that masterpiece? So, would it be possible to disconnect the artist <laughs> from the masterpiece when you have been personally connected to the man? So maybe I'm lacking compassion here because I haven't made it personal. You know, it hasn't affected me personally. So that's what I was talking about. So this is where my privilege is kind of coming into play. So I don't know. Yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of detached. I'm kind of removed. I'm kind of just selfishly kind of enjoying maybe the art for the art's sake, independent of these events. So I definitely see that there's merit there. And I totally get where you're coming from. I can go to a movie and not know anything about it and love it. And then hear a month later that, oh, yeah, that director just got arrested for something. Or, oh, that actor's a sleazeball. He did this and the other. And it'll retroactively change my thoughts about the movie. Right? That's so, it's so interesting, though, because I feel... But it and I don't know if it should. I don't know if it shouldn't. But yeah. it does. Like, the art itself, I feel, has a life of its own, independent of... Not completely independent of the artist, but I feel independent of the man. Because, like, not everyone can create. 
a piece of art. Like, everyone's either a man or a woman, but that doesn't mean that they have the skills to create something that moves another person to have this kind of cathartic experience. To have that, though, that, that skill, I think is really embedded within the artistic expression itself. And when you're able to have that experience, again, you're not really thinking about these other things. Those other things can inform your your experience, maybe tincture it later, but it's not, it's not say, for, say for example, the primary motive of why you're going to see particular pieces of art or, or, or even continue to see pieces of art in the future. Right, I don't, unless they're a friend or family member, I'm not going to something because I think they're neat, a neat person or I like them right. as a person. Right. I'm going to something that I appreciate the, the creator, like yeah. you're saying. Yeah. And I, I totally get that. I, I think, I, I think that it's, it's tricky yes. to go down too far one way or the other. Yeah. Because like you said, it's a paradox. We are all imperfect. If I were to go to a movie and say, that was a great movie, and then I I don't have to go and research every member of the crew right. and then go ask them all personal questions and figure out their past and figure, hey, hey, and if I find out, oh, that one guy is, is a horrible person, this, the, second, the second assistant cameraman is a horrible person, so I don't like that movie. Right. And I totally understand that. But you can't go too far down the other way of saying... I don't care what the person's done. I don't care who they are, as long as they make amazing stuff. At some point, both of those ends have to come together in a middle ground that's healthy. Yeah. I and I'm just of the mind that I think I think Roman Polanski, in that situation, might be too far over on one side. Mm. Well, the conversation and is definitely more complex than our labels currently allow room for. We have to have a conversation about it. It's not something that we can just kind of give. Thumbs up, thumbs down criticism too. We have we have to engage kind of in a dialogue and Absolutely. figure out where we stand. Absolutely, because because you can you can be offended by something that an artist says, but then you go and take part of their art and you're changed as a person, like you said. And and I also believe that the art is not always a direct expression of who the person is. Right. Right. Uh, Mel Gibson's Apocalypto. Is not about Fantastic who film. is not about who he is as right. a person, right? Right. It really almost has nothing to do with who he is as a person. Although it might be more he, debatable with Woody Allen, given that you kind of see that oh, Woody Allen personality see, for me, completely that's, projecting it's one himself. And the same. Yeah, it's one of the same. <laughs> Although he denies otherwise that he's like he's actually just really good at playing that part, but in reality, he's actually really down to earth and I'm sure private. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Um, but like you said, it's a very complex issue. It is. And, the, and ultimately, it's up to everyone to judge for themselves. Uh, I just think it's a very interesting debate, and one that uh, I'm sure will continue as we see great films and as we see great art and we find out that these people are awful, <laughs> as, uh, as most artists are. How many things are people hiding right now in Hollywood that we don't uh, know that if we did, it would completely change our perspective, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so sad, and, and the truth is, you and I both know that there are there are wonderful films and pieces of art being made by awful, awful people. Yes. Um, but... Can we put Zack Snyder in there? Well, he's just, <laughs> he's just, he's just making awful things. For, um, but uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Thank you for, for hanging out, joining the podcast. Thank you uh, for having For this me. impromptu lunchtime conversation. And uh, uh, I love you, bro. Love Thanks you too, man. Thanks for having me.